Coast. Good morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic there. Of This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? What if your brand was a musical theater production? Would you leave the audience wanting more right there in the setup? Ooh, the late, the pride of Grand Rapids, Minnesota, Frances Ethel Gum. You know her as Judy Garland. And of course, we've talked about The Wizard of Oz on this show many times. And it's not entirely non-germane to the banking world. The book... The Wizard of Oz by Frank Baum was actually an allegory in favor of the United States of taking the silver standard instead of the gold standard. He was a populist in the late 1800s. And of course, the Wizard of Oz, O-Z, ounces, that's how gold is measured. The yellow brick road, yellow bricks of gold leading to the emerald, emerald, the color of money, emerald city, Washington, D.C., where of course we find out that the wizard is really a big fake. Well, That's the political side of Frank Baum's children's book, but the part that we all remember from the book is the adaptation to the movie, The Wizard of Oz. There were a few movies when I was growing up where everyone sat down to watch it. My dad made popcorn, you know, the Jiffy Pop that would explode in the kitchen, and there's popcorn fragments flying all over the house. And The Wizard of Oz was one of those. Now, we've talked about that movie in the context on this show many times when brands have gone through a name change or a rebrand. We talk about that black and white to color moment, that moment where Dorothy steps out of that, you know, sepia, rusty, black and white world of Kansas into that technicolor brilliance of the land of 
Oz. Moviegoers could not believe what they were seeing, and nobody wanted to go back to black and white movies after that. Color became the standard shortly thereafter, and I've used that example many times in terms of banking brands that have rebranded or changed their name, and they come out with this beautiful new look or this beautiful new building, that black and white to color moment. And we talked about one a few weeks on the show with Brian Heinrichs and that beautiful, elegant, functional, cinematic, take your breath away brand that is now fourth capital. And as is the case in all the interviews, you know, I usually wind up the interview by asking the the guest, hey, what do you enjoy doing when you're not at work? And he mentions musical theater. My family's big into musical theater. Well, we talked off the air, found out he has a daughter, one Grace Heinrichs, 15 years old, big time into musical theater. And I'm going to say it right now because she is our guest today. This young lady is going to be a star. In some ways, she already is making history today as the youngest guest in the history, the 10-year history of the Power Performance Podcast. She delivers an interview that you're just going to have to hear to believe, and you will learn more about your brand from this 15-year-old young lady than you will from any of these continue to be ridiculous ridiculous hour-long webinars about nothing. I don't want to be the guy that says that restaurant's no good if I've never been there. I sat through another one yesterday with digital onboarding, an hour-long webinar on cross-selling to your customers, only to find out all of the data was pre-COVID-19, which means it does not matter. An hour-long borathon, folks, As banking professionals, we have to demand better. And what you're going to hear today from this 15-year-old young lady, when she talks about it, this guy, this guy was telling us how to read a pie chart. Yesterday, he had a pie chart up on the screen. He's telling us how to read a pie chart as though we don't know how to read pie charts and talking about how do you get people that are loyal to one banking brand to another. Let me tell you how you do it. You perform so well. In the moment that they they see you, your customers see you, or somebody that you know interacts with the brand and they can't stop talking about how great how great this place is, that's how you win over people. Even skeptical people can be moved to loyalty by a great performance. If you want to leave your audience of customers, clients, and members wanting more, embrace a performance culture, not a sales and service culture. And today we have a performer, (laughs) Dorothy Gale from The Wizard of Oz is a Kansas girl. And so too is Grace Heinrich, self-described. She refers to herself as a Kansas girl in the interview. And we're going to talk to her and we're going to do it all right after this. For 10 years, there's been no other show like it. Conference quality information without the rubber chicken dinner and without the expense report. This is the Power of Performance Podcast. Well, we had her dad on the show a few weeks back, Brian Heinrichs, talking about that beautiful reimagined Fourth Capital Bank. But now we're happy to welcome to the show his daughter. It's 15-year-old Grace Heinrichs. Hey, Grace, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Hey, welcome to the show. I like that. 
Grace is great. It sounds like a, a new rock band that we could come up with. All right, hey, tell us how you got started in musical theater and how long you've been doing it. Well, I mean, really, since I've been able to walk and talk, I was singing and dancing really forever. But I officially started dancing when I was two at a studio, and they were really musical theater-based. So some alumni were Rockettes and Broadway performers. And I believe I begged my mom for voice lessons around five years old. And I definitely remember warming up with some songs from Enchanted on my little karaoke machine in my room. Um, Oh, and... My voice teacher, Jay Coon, he asked me to audition for a production of Music Man, which was one of my favorite movies. Um, uh, I yes. admittedly had a crush on Matthew Broderick and did a school project on him. But <laughs> um, I got the role of Gracie Sin, the mayor's daughter, and in my yep. case, I was basically his shadow the entire show. I imitated everything he did the whole time. And I wore this poofy white dress with a red sash, around my waist and braided pigtails and for that show I got a little phone with the slide out keyboard um, to text my parents when rehearsal is done and I became really independent. Um, Since then I've really done too many shows to count and I train all the time and I am not tired of it yet so. Well, folks, when, when, folks, when you hear the interview on the panel performance, um, you're listening to a pre-recorded interview. And how many podcasts in America could have somebody mention the Music Man and instantly be able to do this? From the Music Man. Oh, the West Fargo wagon is a coming down the street. Oh, please let it be for me. Oh, by the way, boy, Grace, that is an absolute oh classic. I just have yes, to have I was that bump my right head here. That. Listen, I was the one Grace. that said, said, oh, the Wells Fargo wagon. That Wells was Fargo my wagon. Role. That, that was your line. I, I definitely awesome. said it wrong, like, the first time. I think I said Wells Fargo or something, and it was, <laughs> but I had to learn how to say that. Hey. <laughs> That's no problem. That's no problem. Now, that's a competition for your dad's bank, so we're not talking about Wells Fargo Bank here, folks. We're talking about the old Wells Fargo right, wagon. Right. If, if you need banking yes. products, please go visit our friends at Fourth Capital Bank, okay? Do not go to Wells yes. Fargo. Um, let me tell you just a little bit about me. Uh, I am a tough ex-Army Airborne Infantry Combat soldier who does not think he likes Broadway musicals, Okay. Years ago, I was dragged to a Broadway show from all my objections, and it was the Phantom of the Opera, and Grace, I loved it. Theater has the ability to surprise and delight skeptics like me. It's got to be one of the most powerful things about the theater, right? Tell us about that. Um, I mean, to all those skeptics out there, I would just say give it a try. I mean, there's a lot of people who think it's ridiculous to watch someone else dress up in costumes and tell a story. But, I mean, what I would really say is we all watch movies and TV, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. something I've been told in my lessons and stuff is when emotions are too much to just speak, you sing. And when singing isn't Mm. enough, you dance. So music theater just really takes a lot more depth and to emotions and they, than in movies and TV. So 
I would say if you saw a show that you absolutely hated, try something totally different. Um, like a classic like Oklahoma wasn't your favorite, then try something contemporary like Dear Evan Hansen, Jagged Little Pill, or Next to Normal. Um, totally. Every cast is different too. I've seen Newsies so many times, and sometimes I've hated the show and been like, why do I even do this? And then other times I've been like, wow, that was so great. So even if you think you hate a show, you can go see it again and maybe you'll like it. Who knows? I mean, it's really just every show is different. Every time you see a show is different. And it just is so amazing to, like, see other people doing this art form. And, yeah. <laughs> that's, one of the, that's one of the best, most reasoned, thoughtful explanations of the value of music in community theater that I've ever heard. And you just mentioned something that takes us right to our next question. This goes back four or five years, maybe. It was in October, and I had a, a bank client, and one of the employees was big into community theater, and, and the bank let them use one of their training rooms for dress rehearsals. And they invited mm -hmm. me to one of the – it wasn't a dress rehearsal. It was one of the rehearsals for a production called Next to Normal. And I walked in there and mm -hmm. had the tape on the floor, you know, with everything taped out. It's a very small cast. I think there was four or five cast members. And the first thing I noticed was the guy playing the piano or the keyboard. I looked at the musical score, and because I can read music, I looked at him and I said, first of all, the score was like six feet long. He's the only guy playing <laughs> all the music. And, and I said to him, I said, there are four key and time signature changes on the first page. How do you keep up with this? And, we, and I had him on the show. We had a very nice conversation about that. But then they went through the entire production, the entire play, and I'm sitting in the back watching. Without the benefit of the costumes and the staging, I was absolutely drawn in to that play next to normal and the and the director the employee of that banking brand turned around at that you know great reveal moment we're not going to say it's going on a ruin for anybody that goes to see this at the end and he said when he said jason when i saw your face when i saw that you were emotional when i saw that we had gotten you i knew that we were going to rock this production and i was amazed at how much preparation and the practice and the rehearsals You've been on the stage. Talk to us about just the hours and hours of practice is exponentially more than the actual production itself. Tell us about the importance of practice and rehearsals and everybody knowing their part and everybody, the lighting people, everything leading to that wonderful moment when the curtain goes up. How important is the practice and rehearsal component? Oh, man, so much goes on behind the scenes. Obviously, us actors have to memorize our lines and songs and learn our choreography and blocking, but it's a little more precise than you might think. Um, I've done shows with torches and stilts, mm. and if you're standing an inch away from where you're supposed to be, it can be really dangerous. Um, <laughs> what I think most yeah. people don't even realize is that the crew backstage is working their butts off um, learning every lighting cue, like every time the light goes off or on, like they have to memorize that for the whole show. And they build all the sets and provide food and drinks for the cast. And they make the programs. And also the scripts don't come with choreography or costumes. Um, someone is doing all of that. Um, right. It takes tons and tons of planning. 
Um, I, a theater I've worked at several summers that I think really has the system nailed down is Music Theater Wichita, a Broadway-caliber theater located in Kansas where I've performed for six summers, and they pull everything together in 10 days. Um, wow. It is the most inspiring thing to watch the company, um, the college company, rehearse. And what I really love to see is when someone messes up or gets a note wrong, um, or they do the pirouette and fall out of it, they never mess it up again. Um, it's so right. professional. Like, just don't mess up the same thing twice. Um, I've also been in not-so-professional shows, however, where the night before the show we get a talk from our director about how the show is a hot mess and we better pull it together or the show is going to be terrible. Um, So, I mean, you really, the dedication of the cast and you practice that night, um, the lines and the dance moves that you messed up every time and really you just pray that you'll do it right. Um, you know, there's a saying that a bad dress rehearsal makes for a great opening night. So, I mean, you just got to hope. <laughs> that is, that's actually very, very true. I wanted to ask you, uh, you, the time, you, you said you've been doing this a long time. What do you personally, Grace Heinrichs, enjoy most about the theater? Oh, gosh. Can I say everything? Um, <laughs> yes, you No, can. really, yes, <laughs> really for me. The answer has always been the people, um, something about the common love of singing and dancing and really being geeks brings us together. But now that I've been in more shows where maybe the cast has been less enjoyable to hang out with, I would say there's an indescribable feeling about being in a costume that by the end of the run smells like B.O. and wearing heels that don't quite fit right <laughs> and going on stage and like being able to forget all of that um and being like so fully immersed in someone else's world um it's so incredible it's really i feel like i get to live as a character even if i'm just in the background like i've played a corpse bride in the adams family but i really feel like i'm living the life and like i don't know and it's really an escape and a way to cope for me um and really just go through emotions that maybe i'll never have in real life and folks you are getting a broadway quality explanation of the beauty of musical theater on the power of performance day delivered by the 15 year old young grace heinrichs and you're so right there have been far more people in the audience than have ever been up on the stage since the beginning of human history, we have looked for ways to entertain ourselves. I'm a Civil War historian. When the, when the armies north and south settled into their winter camps, one of the first things that were formed in both armies was a theater company. And you're so right. And one of the things I love about mm-hmm. community theater is you can meet those actors after the show. You can watch a movie and see these right. A-list Hollywood celebrities. You're never going to meet them, and they're not going to take time typically to meet you. There's something so genuine, authentic about the community theater and the theater in, in general. Like I said, that, that oh wow moment when I got dragged to Phantom of the Opera has stayed with me. And, I, and, and the only, I'll be honest with you since we're being honest, the only production I ever went to see, it was a student production, the High School for the Performing Arts, and it was a production of Cats. 
I still have no idea mm. what the plot was. I have no idea who the characters were. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. To me, it was just a bunch of people. You know, I have a cat. To me, I was like, well, I can see this at home with my ridiculous. It, it made and you're right. Sometimes not everything works for every audience. Finally, I, and I hope your answer to this question is not an, a, a role in cats, but do you have a dream role that you would like to play on a stage, headline, marquee, Broadway, it's Grace Heinrichs in the role of fill-in-the-blank? Okay. Um, I mean, so many. I think the beauty of theater is that no role is the same. And so even if I play every Disney princess or – even if I play every Disney princess three times, there's something that separates each and every one of the performances. Um, and if I had to name a few, I'd say Ariel in The Little Mermaid, which I actually played around five years ago, but I want to bring more nice. depth to it now because I've lived a little more life. Um, right. Sandy in Greece, because it's such a classic oh. and just, it would be a blast. <laughs> so fun. Um, Elle Woods in Legally Blonde, because I think a lot of people really judge her just by the way she looks, and I want to add more layers to her. And she also, in the musical, has, goes through a little bit more of a journey, um, her character does, so I want to explore that. Um, I would like to play either Julie Jordan or Carrie Pipridge in Carousel, because the score from that show is just one of the most beautiful um, scores ever. Um, and one that I've never said out loud would be Bella and Jagged Little Pill, which is a new musical. Um, and that would be a little bit out of character. You wouldn't choose me for that by looking at me. Um, <laughs> but I think it would be a truly, like, really emotional ride for me. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything, but Bella really goes through traumatic events, covers through the show. Um, and a little plug for Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. I think everyone needs to see that show because it's so relevant, covers so much ground in a non-political way, and isn't made to sugarcoat anything. Plus, wow. it's all Alanis Morissette music, so it's always really yes. fun. Um, I used to, when the show came out, maybe for a couple months after I saw the show, I sang the entire soundtrack through every day while I was doing my homework. So, oh, I mean, wow. just give That's the soundtrack great. a listen. But a couple right. more roles would be um, Millie in Thoroughly Modern Millie. I mean, there's a huge cap number in that show. And, I mean, the costume, the red little flapper dress is so cute. Um, <laughs> and Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, I would love to play before ah. I get too old. Um, because I'm a campus girl. And, I mean, it's Judy Garland, so always, always great. And then when you just mentioned Greece. And Sandy, I gotta tell you, so what I love about music, it took me back to my bedroom when I was in seventh or eighth grade, and I'm in the bedroom and I'm trying to do the moves. I got chills, they're multiplying, and I'm losing control because the power you're supplying, it's electrifying. I love yes. that song. I still love that yeah. song. That is from that is from Greece. That is not John Travolta singing. That is me, which is why people just turned off their radios right now. No, no, I would not. I would not. <laughs> I just 
smarter. But as soon as you said it, oh. that song came back to me. Not to mention that I fell in love with Olivia Newton-John that summer, and that that was just right. one of those one of those classics. Who didn't fall in love with Olivia Newton-John when you were watching Grace? Well, let me tell you, Grace, it's been an absolute delight having you on the program. Um, I, I know you're only 15, but are you working on anything yeah. right now? Is there a show you're working on right now? Um, before COVID-19, I was working mm. on Matilda at Nashville Theater School, and I was going to be playing Miss Honey, so hopefully we will get to do that very soon. I mean, I'm always auditioning and looking at um, backstage and actors' access online for Broadway and TV and film stuff, so hopefully I'll be able to perform again in the near future. <laughs> Yes, it is. It is very now, sad to see all that stuff shut down right now. It is very sad to see the community theater shut down. I, 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 I don't always agree with some of the political stuff that comes out of Broadway and the entertainment industry, but I look past it because I believe people need that escapism. People need to see that art as it's displayed, and we're all different people. We all have different talents, but there is a gaping hole in American culture when there's no live musical and dramatic performances going on. Yes. Um, I get out my vinyl. I have actually the grease vinyl and I play it and I get on my bed and sing hopelessly devoted and everything. I mean, oh my goodness. It's, oh great. You don't know. For now, when that movie came out, so it was on the radio every 15 minutes. I mean, it was you and in those days we didn't have iPods. We waited on the radio and those songs that summer. My goodness, I'm you just took me back to my grandmother's house in Chiverton, Rhode Island. That turntable got worn out playing that that album. We had sat oh, there and gosh. listened to that soundtrack. My cousins, we'd all sing the different parts and play the different parts, and we all wanted leather jackets. We all wanted to grease back our hair. It, oh, was, yes. it, was really, it was really an amazing thing. Well, again, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and out of your summer you. to join us. I hope you'll send this show to anybody that's thinking about hiring you for a big-time part because, folks, you're going <laughs> to hear will. from this young lady in the future. Um, I think your command of not just the talent that is obvious, and we're going to hear it in a minute here on the show, but your, your understanding of what the theater is about, what the, 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 the roles that everybody plays, from the person selling the tickets to the person getting the theater ready from the production to the lighting guys, to the sound guys, to the actors on the stage that take that big bow at the end. There is an honesty and an earnestness to your discussion about the theater that I found very, very revealing for a young lady. And I want to wish you success and good fortune in your life ahead of you. And bravo on a life well lived. Break a leg. And thank you so much for joining us on the Power Performance Podcast. Thank you so much. What a great job. Grace's Why Webinar Send Me Hate Mail. And Grace was kind enough to send me two cuts of her singing. The first is from the aforementioned Grease, and the second is Alanis Morissette's classic, You Ought to Know, which of course is now a Broadway production called Jagged Little Pill. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Grace Heinrichs. Guess mine is not the first heartbroken. My eyes are not the first to cry I'm not the first to know 
There's just no getting over you. No, I'm just a fool who's willing to sit around and wait for you. But baby, can't you see? There's nothing else for me to do. I'm hopelessly devoted to you. But now there's no way to hide since you pushed my love aside. I'm out of my head, hopelessly devoted to you. Hopelessly devoted to you. Hopelessly devoted to you. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. An older version of me, is she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in a theater? Does she seek eloquently? And would she have your baby? I'm sure she'd make a really excellent mother. Cause the love that you gave that we made was unable to make it enough for you to reopen wide. No. And every time you speak her name, does she know why you told me you'd be there until you die? Till you die, but you're still alive. And I'm here to remind him of the mess you left when you went away. It's not fair to deny me of the cross I bear that you gave to me. Yo, 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 ordinary. Bravo. Here's what I know. You're going to hear from this young lady in the future. Thank you so much for listening to the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand or a band or a theater company, would you leave the audience wanting more? My name is Jason Dyes, and until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Grace.